to Psalm 37 for our first reading. Psalm 37, verse 1, hear now the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God, a psalm of David. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord, and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while and the wicked shall not be. Yea, Thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just, and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword, and have bent their bow, to cast down the poor and needy, and to slay such as be of upright conversation. Their sword shall enter into their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The Lord knoweth the days Of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume. Into smoke shall they consume away. The wicked borroweth and payeth not again. But the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth. And they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, yet he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young. And now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment, and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked 
shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. The wicked watcheth the righteous and seeketh to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord and keep his way. And he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passed away and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man and behold the upright for the end of that man is peace, but the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. A few things by way of introduction in Psalm 37. Uh, we, we hear that it's a psalm of David. Notice that the, the words a psalm are in italics even in the psalm title. So in the Hebrew it just says of David. Just that very briefly, very abruptly. Of David. Uh, but I think that uh, we have this authorship correctly here. This is the inspired uh, title, as it were. The other thing about Psalm 37 is it has a couple of themes in it. The first theme would be uh, similar to Psalm 73. And this is how it's easy to remember. 73, 37. Okay, so those will be easy to remember. And, and what is that theme that is common to both of those psalms? Often in, in the history of mankind, we're going to see the unrighteous uh, in ascendancy. As it says here, spreading like a green bay tree. <clears throat> what must we remember at times like that? We must remember that the Lord <clears throat> sees the latter end of such things. Right? And that's, that latter end is in Psalm 37 and in Psalm 73, both. So while Asaph uh, was tempted to be discouraged with regard to God himself, right? I said, I've washed my hands in vain, sort of thing. Here in uh, Psalm 37, David will tell us over and again, don't be angry about that. Don't be angry. When you see the wicked in ascendancy, when you see them, can I bring it home a little bit? When you see them in charge of our government, when you see them oppressing, when you see them taxing and spending to put in their own pockets, when you see them in all kinds of wicked uh, activities, when they are in the ascendant, what does David say? Don't fret and don't be angry. The word for fret here, when we think of fretting, we think of worry. That's a little mild of a translation for the Hebrew. The Hebrew actually means don't be angry. And if you turn down to 
um, verse 8, Cease from anger, forsake wrath, fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off. What is David telling us here? That when we allow ourselves, when we give in to the temptation to be angry because people in, of wickedness are in high place and oppressing us, picking our pockets, if you will, when we do that, we take on the characteristics of the evil ones who themselves will be judged. And so David really turns that around and shows us the irony of what it means to become angry at God's providence. The Lord has wicked folks in the ascendancy for his reasons. He may not have told us exactly what's going on, although we can surmise and interpret from Scripture why we have wicked rulers. This should rather call for humility than anger. It should call for confession and fasting than anger and violence. We have a thing here, don't we, in the state of Texas. There's, a, there's this thing about Texas wanting to become an independent nation. And I, you know, I'm not going to comment on whether that's a, a good or a bad thing. If you want to know my opinion, you can ask me later. But one of the things that we ought to be doing as Texans, as Californians, as Floridians, as Arizonans, pick any state you want. When we see wickedness in high places, our first salvo is not civil war, get out of Dodge. Our first salvo ought to be repentance, fasting, and weeping, calling upon the name of the Lord. So David will, will say, get rid of the anger when the wicked are in high place. Remember that God is in charge, and so rest in Him. The other theme that runs through this uh, psalm is inheriting the land. Jesus Himself will quote from Psalm 37 when He says, The meek shall inherit the earth. What does meek mean? Meek does not mean weak. Beloved, please hear the Bible on this. Meek does not mean weak. Meek means one who is unruffled. He hasn't descended into anger. He hasn't descended into a, a, um, a vengeful sort of face. Rather, he has committed his case to the Lord and remains in his speech, in his thoughts, and in his actions, gentle, measured, temperate. This is what meekness is. Meekness is not being a pushover, although that's what we often think of it as. Meekness is unbending gentleness, unbending commitment to the morality of Jehovah who is in charge. So I will not doubt him. I will not be angry at his providence. I will not be angry at the wicked. I will be meek because it is the meek that receive the promises of God. Here some totaled up into the meek shall inherit the earth or the land. And what is that land promise in the days of David? 
That is simply Emmanuel's land, as the prophet Isaiah will tell us. It is the land that was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which is not a piece of real estate in Palestine. We learn from Hebrews chapter 11. It is rather that heavenly inheritance put forth in an earthly type. And so, beloved, let us remember then in Psalm 37, for these general terms, first of all, that every age in which the church finds herself will have something that she can point to and say, look, these wicked folks are in high place. How do we respond to that? In anger? That's often the way Christians are encouraged to respond. I'm indignant against the sins that are being, that are being committed in high places. David says, cease from your anger. Commit your case to the Lord instead. Remember that he's not somehow abdicated his throne. He's not left the building. He's here. He's ruling. Sometimes he rules through wicked ones. And this should drive us to meekness, humility, fasting, prayer, repentance on behalf of ourselves and the nation around us. So, Psalm 37 and Psalm 73 have quite a little bit in common when we consider them like that. Let's look at a few particulars in Psalm 37 and then we'll be done. So there are several commands here at the beginning of the psalm. Uh, The first is a negative command, fret not. Again, it's not fret, it's don't be angry. Don't be incensed. Don't descend into into that kind of anger that doesn't belong to you as one who believes in the Lord and confesses that he's still on the throne. Don't descend into that kind of anger. All right, so now we are to, uh, it's an implied command, we are to remember that they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. So because of that then, here's another command, verse 3, trust in the Lord. Um, verse 4, delight thyself also in the Lord. Verse 5, commit thy way unto the Lord. Verse 7, rest in the Lord. Right? So look at all of those verbs there, those commands of resting and depending upon the Lord. The word commit That's that wonderful Hebrew word that they use when they will say, there was this stone on the grave's mouth and they rolled it off of it. They rolled it away from the grave. So what David is saying is, roll yourselves upon the Lord. Rest upon Him. Trust in Him. And so on. And so, beloved, this is a convicting word, isn't it? Because David will set these up as opposites. Instead of fretting, instead of anger, rest in the Lord. And so this tells us then that to the extent that we entertain anger when we, are, when we behold the wicked in high place, to the extent that we entertain anger, that is the same extent to which we are not resting, rolling, trusting, and delighting in the Lord. Well, that's a convicting word. I will tell you that I myself sometimes am tempted toward anger when we look at what's going on around us. Absolutely we're tempted toward that. 
But let us temper that. Let us temper that with a proper meekness, a proper understanding that these are the Lord's providences that we must continue to labor under, and that in uprightness. All right, so that's the first section that takes us down through about verse 7, although we have that other commandment there, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. That word wait there, that carries with it the idea of continue patiently to serve Him. Don't give up. Don't give up the farm because the wicked are in high place. All bets are off. This is the fog of war. We're in a military stance here. We're the church militant. <laughs> no. Just remain serving the Lord in your calling as the Lord has called you. Keep serving Him. All right, then we have that cease from anger, forsake wrath, fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off. Well, if we entertain anger, if we do not forsake wrath, if we continue fretting, sooner or later, beloved, that's going to translate into action. Whether that action is speech, untoward speech, or something worse. Right? To do evil is how that verse ends. For evildoers shall be cut off. So we must not take up the method of the evildoer to overcome the evildoer. That's what David is saying there in verse 8. Yet a little while the wicked shall not be. So what is the Lord calling for? Patience. He's calling for patience. Do you remember in James chapter 5? Come now you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. You remember that. Um, and then those laborers that you have... Uh, not paid in your field. They've cried up to the Lord and the Lord has heard. They've entered into the ears of the Lord of armies. Remember that? Then, th then James turns to those workers who have been defrauded and what does he say to them? Go get what's coming to you. Nope. He doesn't say that. He says, wait patiently. Same thing here. Have you been defrauded? Have you been maligned? Seek not vengeance. Wait patiently it's the meek that will inherit the earth well these are these are easy words to say but they're difficult words to put into practice aren't they especially when the wickedness grows uh shall we say logarithmically day by day all right so uh, the lord will laugh at those wicked who plot against the just notice he will take up your defense you don't need to take up your own defense. The wicked have drawn out the sword. They bent their bow. Their sword, however, shall enter into their own heart and their bows shall be broken. Are you envious of the wicked? Because they have much. Whether it's much power, much influence, much of this world's goods. What does David tell us in verse 16? A little that the righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. For, because, the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. Notice, it doesn't say, the arms of the wicked shall be broken, and the righteous shall be left alone to stand. No. The Lord upholds the righteous. Right? There's no neutral ground here, in other words. <laughs> Alright, so then there are a number of 
promises here. The Lord knows the days of the upright. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, but the wicked shall perish. They shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume into smoke. Now notice the contrast in, in verse 21. Here's how you tell the wicked from the righteous. The wicked borroweth and payeth not again, but the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. In other words, one does this and one does this. Right? That's the difference between the two. Now that's obviously not, a, uh, not an absolute statement. There are nuances there that we'd want to draw out if we were preaching here. But it's an obvious contra- contrast that David brings up here that we want to notice. Um, More promises, 22, 23, and 24, 25, 26. These are all the promises of the Lord upon those who are upright. Um, may, May I say it this way? Don't give up your focus and attention to those wicked that are in high place. Rather, commit your way unto the Lord and His promises. Remember what he has said to folks who are meek and will inherit the land. What does he say? They they shall inherit the earth. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. The Lord upholdeth him with his hand. The Lord doesn't promise that you will never fall. He promises that you will never be utterly cast down. I've been young, now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He, the Lord, is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. So all of those promises there, these are the things that we must keep our eyes upon when the wicked are in high place. Not the wicked. And isn't that our tendency? Isn't it our tendency to let the wicked take up all of our attention and energy? To be angry and... How am I going to fix this? Right? But David tells us instead to put our focus, our trust, meekly, gently, uh, unreservedly, and with great focus upon the Lord and His promises instead. So we come to the final section then. Um, We want to uh, characterize the righteous man. Verse 29, uh, the righteous The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. Why is that? Because the law of God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. So David shows himself the psalmist that he is. Uh, We'll remember, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. This is the same principle. It's what we're learning, isn't it, on... uh, in In our sermon series in the morning, if we're feeding upon the word of God, we're growing... So David is growing here in meekness, in dependence upon the Lord, in resting and rolling over upon Him. Why? Because he feeds upon the word of the Lord. The law of God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. The wicked for his part, this makes you a target, beloved, and so beware of this. That when you rest in the Lord, when you fill your mind with with God's word and when you begin to speak and to act in this world as those who uh, who have communion with God when they can see that you've been with Jesus like they saw in the disciples they'll do the same thing to you Jesus said the student or the disciple 
is not above the master. If they've persecuted me, they will persecute you. And so what does it say here in verse 32? The wicked watcheth the righteous and seeketh to slay him. But, notice verse 33, the Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. So then, the happy outcome, wait on the Lord, patiently serve, keep his way, he shall exalt thee to once again inherit the land. This is the third time we've heard this in this this psalm now, that we will be the inheritors of the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. Once again, then, we have the psalmist's own experience. David, um, and we might think of a couple of instances in David's life when he might say this of a particular person. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. We might think of Saul. We might think of Absalom. We might think of Ahithophel. Right? But what happened to him? Verse 36. Yet he passed away, and lo, he was not found. I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. And so David shifts gear now, shifts gear a little bit here. Psalm 37, verse 37, easy to remember. 37, 37 says, Be encouraged by the good example of your brethren. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. So, beloved, be that upright to one another and for one another's sake and be encouraged from one another when we behold each other's obedience and care to continue to serve and wait meekly upon the Lord. The salvation of the righteous is of the Lord, verse 39. He is their strength in time of trouble. Of course, he gets all the glory. The Lord shall help them and deliver them and he shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Not on account of that they trust in him, but because they trust him or for they trust in him. They set their trust in him. It's not a quid pro quo. It is the sign of those whom the Lord saves. They rest upon him. He saves them. Let's stand and call upon the Lord in prayer.